podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, USG fam? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and I'm excited to share with you our second release of our seven special edition podcasts that will feature messages from our lineup of speakers during the first ever Christians Working in Sports Conference this past summer. This week will feature one of our panel sessions from the conference that covered the topic of the significance of community in the sport industry. The panel was hosted by Jason Romano, the Director of Media at Sports Spectrum, and featured three sport industry professionals, Amy Lynn Pierce, the Vice President of Government Affairs with the Arizona Diamondbacks, Jay Jacobs, former college athletic administrator, and True Pettigrew, Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer with the Minnesota Timberwolves and Minnesota Lynx. Each of these experienced professionals provided helpful insights to the importance of faith-based community in the sport industry. If you like this content, you won't want to miss the 2024 Christians Working in Sports Conference on June 21st and 22nd in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Click the link in the description of this podcast to visit the CWS Conference website to register or learn more about next summer's conference. With that, here's the panel on the significance of community in the sport industry from the 2023 CWS conference. I am Jason Romano. Uh, I'm with Sports Spectrum. Uh, I'm excited because we're going to have a really awesome uh, discussion here on community. Um, I'll tell you something about this conference. I remember with Drew a year ago, we were at uh, another conference called ADs for Christ and USG had a little gathering as well. And we were rooming together in the hotel and he comes to me and he's like, what do you think of this idea? of like Christians working in sports and some kind of conference. And I said, listen, I worked at ESPN for 17 years. I was a believer for about 16 of those 17. I would have killed to have a conference like this to come to and to understand like how to grow as a believer in the workplace. For eight, nine years, I didn't even know how to really be a Christian at ESPN. I, I was a churchgoer on Sunday and you know read my Bible and went to small groups, but how do you live your faith out at work? I had no idea how to do that. So a conference like this, I'm just so thankful for Drew and thankful that this conference existed. This is going to be a really uh, awesome conversation. I'm going to do a few introductions here, right? So bear with me because we got a pretty pretty cool panel here on stage. We're going to start with Jay Jacobs. Hi, Jay. Uh, Jay is the Executive Associate AD with the University of Florida for about another week. We'll talk about that in a second. Jay oversees all of Florida's external units, including communications, marketing, ticketing, licensing, and Gator boosters, in addition to serving as the sports administrator for the football program. He's also the co-founder of the conference that I mentioned earlier, ADs for Christ, Athletic Directors for Christ. Let's give it up for Jay Jacobs. 
Amy Lynn Pierce, to my left, is the Vice President of Government Affairs with the Arizona Diamondbacks. She joined the organization in October 2018, following nearly 20 years of experience in legislative affairs, policymaking, political strategy, and campaign management. This sounds so cool, doesn't it, Amy Lynn? Let's give it up for Amy Lynn. And True Pettigrew, all the way down at the end there, is a Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer with the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's been with the T-Wolves since November of 2020, was promoted to Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer in September of 21, overseeing all four franchises, including the T-Wolves, the Lynx, the Iowa Wolves, and the T-Wolves Gaming. Let's give it up for True Pettigrew. All right. Pretty good panel here. We're going to talk about community, right? And what's the... What's the purpose? We've talked about, you know, Johnny was so great at talking about the purpose of why are we even here, but what's the purpose of this discussion, right? What's the purpose? Why are we even doing this? It's because we believe that this is vital to our growth as believers, community. I don't think we could do this Christian walk without it. My brother once spoke, he's a, he's a pastor and a Bible scholar, if you will, and he once said the word community, when you break it down, is common unity, the word common unity. And so it's really bringing us together to do this walk with Jesus together, which can be very difficult and sometimes very lonely in our spheres of influence in the job that we have. So that's why we're doing this. This is, this is something that the Lord has called each and every one of us to. So I want to start with Amy Lynn. Um, let's, let's just go into how important community has been for you as a follower of Christ, um, navigating the professional sports world. Sure. Um, I'm relatively new to sports and I didn't grow up in sports. So for me to come from a completely different industry into a professional sports team, um, it was really important to me that I had allies around me. And I was able to determine relatively quickly other believers in the organization, but I'm constantly su surprised and pleasantly surprised when I meet new and more believers in the industry. But for me, community started out being really important because I had no idea what I was doing in baseball. <laughs> um, and, and I needed that help and I needed that support. And then it's continued to be really, really important to me as I've grown in my career in baseball um, and as I've just navigated that sort of crazy world of professional sports, the schedule, being on the road, the travel, you know, all of that. There are lots of opportunities to forget that we love Jesus and certainly forget to love our neighbors, um, especially where competition is concerned. Mm. So it's, I've really found that community be, is really important to me in, in that sense. Yeah. True. What does it mean to you to live a Christ-centered, community-driven life? Oh, it, it, uh, it means everything, right? It helps me to stay anchored, right? You know, as, even as Amy Lynn talked about the importance of allies, right? Being someone that operates in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, yeah. you know, we understand how important it is to form what is known as ERGs or employee resource groups, people of like-minded, uh, uh, you know, identities and, and behaviors to be able to support one another because of things only they can truly understand based on uh, lived experiences, shared lived experiences. So it's, it's everything to me to help maintain a level of, of discipline and to stay anchored and to, to stay focused. Yeah. Jay, you talked about, um, or we talked about your journey. You've been doing this a long time. Um, why is it so important, just in the simplest terms, 
to have community as believers for, for especially in the role that you've been in for so many years. Well, thank you. It, uh, I don't know if any of you have watched Discovery and you watch that African channel where the little gazelle gets separated by itself and you're sitting there screaming at the television, run, buddy, run, because these tigers or lions are coming up around it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the gazelle just walking around, just being dumb. And um, before long, the tigers and the lions, they devour it. But that's the circle of life, I guess. But uh, the point is, is that when we're thinking about this today, and I was thinking about this, I was thinking, that's how it is without community, is that, uh, you know, we're beings, and we're social beings. And uh, as Christians, uh, particularly in college athletics, I think we need to be bolder. I think that everybody is talking now about everybody having different rights and voices. I don't think we've been bold enough. That's easy to say when I'm on the back hill, back, back side of the hill. But uh, one thing that, that when, I, when I became an AD, one of the things that I did to create community was because I was, even though it was in the South and it was pretty well accepted, um, I joined two other ADs, the current AD. He was the AD at Mississippi State, Scott Strickland, and the AD at Kentucky, Mitch Barnhart. And every Tuesday, we'd get on the phone and have a Bible study just to try to create that community. And also from a professional standpoint, just to remember you're, you know what, you know, what you're going through with your basketball coach or some fans isn't unique to you, even though you think it is. So community, I think works both ways, Jason. I think it works, you know, it helps, it helps me be the gazelle that stays with the, with the flock, the group or whatever they're called for protection, but it also helped me feel more secure professionally because I could share with other brothers and sisters in Christ some of the same things we were going through with that being the foundation, with our biblical beliefs being the foundation and knowing that, um, you know, what we're doing is vapor today and that we only have one person to please. So, yeah. and, I, and I think to, to build on that, it gives you a, a group of people that you know you can get godly counsel from because yeah. it's in any profession, we're going to have our challenges. And we need guidance and we want to seek guidance and direction. And when you are seeking that guidance and direction, if someone isn't rooted in their faith, then that guidance and direction is likely going to take you astray. And so to be able to have that group, that community where you know you're going to get godly counsel. And it's, you know, in sports, there's so many challenges. And like I said, I know it's across all professions and so many temptations that come with being in sports and entertainment. And if you aren't getting the proper guidance and direction and counsel, I mean, it's easy to, to fall by the wayside. Very easy. True. What did that look like tangibly for you? You talked, you know, Jay gave the example of the Bible study. Is there something in the past or maybe currently that you're doing that's intentional about creating this community? No, absolutely. I am so fortunate. And um, it's someone that you know, and you may know this. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, I met Chris Broussard years ago. I know Chris well. Right. And I figured you did. And we hadn't talked about that. Um, and so this was before I was even in sports, just a sports fan. I was following Chris on Twitter and I saw that he had started this. I was following him just for sports purposes. And he had started this movement called the King Movement. Sure. Right. Knowledge, inspiration and nurture through God. And I found it interesting because I was already doing something similar in North Carolina where I was living. And so I reached out to him on Twitter 
just to say, hey, man, I th- it's pretty cool that you're doing this. I didn't even know, and this is no knock on Chris when I say this, but I, di- I didn't even know you were a believer. <laughs> not that he was not that he was out here wilding out. It's in hard to preach the gospel when you're reporting <laughs> the NBA. I'm just saying, right. but you know. But uh, I was excited <laughs> to f- to find that out, and he hit me back, and he was like, "Oh, because I explained to him what I was," doing. and it was, it was basically a division, you know, of what he was doing. It was repl- replication of what he was doing, and he said, "Oh, that's awesome. Um, I'd love to meet with you mm-hmm. next time." I was in New York. We met. And so I became a member of King and I started the Raleigh Dorm chapter. And so I've been a member of King now. Oh, my gosh. We, this must have started back in 2010. Wow. Right. So cool. And so now I continue to be a member of King. And even though I am here in Minneapolis and I go back and forth between here and Raleigh Dorm, there's no chapter here. But the responsibilities and accountability that I have to the King movement still is that community that keeps me accountable, right? For, because there's morning prayers that, you know, that I know I'm going to show up to. And if I'm going to lead, I know I have to be prepared and I know I have to be ready. We have our annual summit that I know that I'm going to have roles and responsibilities. Uh, Chris asked me to be a co-host for the King Talks Radio on Sirius XM with Holy Culture Radio as the the platform. And so, I know all of these things, like I'm recording tomorrow morning, right? And so these are the, that, that community is keeping me connected, keeping me grounded and keeping me focused. I love that. Drew, make a note for Chris Broussard for next year, right guys? We should have Chris here next year. Um, Amy Lynn, what's that look like for you tangibly creating that community and just being intentional about that? Yeah, I think that I'm, I also oversee all of our diversity, equity and inclusion initiatives at the Diamondbacks and it has been and and true, I'd love to talk to you about this more. It has been a really challenging and exciting and interesting uh, balance for me as we talk about things that are important to different communities and knowing, you know, where I am at in my faith and and that I am a believer. And it's been uh, a good opportunity for me to talk to other believers in our organization who are kind of working through some of this stuff too. Um, And we also have, we call them TPRGs, Team Player Resource Groups, and we are just getting ready to launch our Christian TPRG. And I'm really excited. I was waiting for somebody to ask to start this this organization and was just so stoked when they came to me and, and asked me to do it. And we're, like I said, just getting it off the ground, but we're working with the team chaplain and it's it's nice for me to know that there are folks in the organization who feel comfortable coming to me and saying this is something that we want to do um, because there are lots of, of our other TPRGs that are out front loudly and, and feel really comfortable about that already. And so I, for me, it's been really nice to see that this organization has, is now wanting to get going and off the ground and they feel comfortable and like they can also, you know, live this life out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Jay. Hey, just, just one thing to add is that uh, if you don't, if you don't, if you're not an organization that has these um, wonderful resources, just find an accountability partner. You know, just, just, we all need it. Just find a, find a partner that will hold you accountable. It could be a weekly phone call, whatever it may be, but don't, don't get overwhelmed by thinking you need to be in a big community and just, you know, God has you where he wants you. Just find somebody that 
you can help hold accountable and they help hold you accountable. Jay, one of the things, it's not in my questions here either, but I was thinking about this. It can be and often feel like a lonely place. Like you might even feel like you're the only Christian that works at this giant organization. I know I felt that for many years in Bristol. Like, am I really the only believer? Who else is a believer? So building community, a lot of what you all have said have, has talked about outside of your, like finding a like-minded person who's a Christian that might be doing something similar, but maybe not working with you every day. What have you, what was some of the things that you've kind of found to try and find people within the organization that you've worked with and try to stay connected that way in your faith, have somebody at work encouraging you? Cause that can be difficult for some people. There's, there's, there's no doubt about it. You know, the, you know, it, it may sound a little corny, but there's a song that says they'll know you, they'll know you're Christians by your love. Yeah. So, um, where I, anyway, uh, a, a, a coworker of mine, um, I walked in my office one day and there was this big study Bible on my desk and, uh, so I had no idea where it came from. Well, about a week later, a person down the hall said, hey, Jay, did you ever wonder where that Bible came from? And I said, well, yeah, I did. He said, well, I, I, I put it on your desk because I figured that you could probably use it more than I could because I have a lot of them. This person and I had never talked about faith. Wow. Never, never mentioned it. We never talked about, you know, he's a Catholic. I'm, I'm not. And but. I just think that the word tells us that the Holy Spirit will give you the words, and I think they will know you're Christian by your love. But I do believe as well that um, if you don't have the resources that maybe some others do, is that then you form a little group in the workplace because it just creates this, um, it's not prejudice, but it does create a bond that you know you know where you're both coming from, or all three, or whatever it may be, and it creates some commonality there that helps hold you accountable and helps, I think, strengthen the the organization. Well, I know it does help strengthen the organization. So that's some, yeah. some of the part. No, that's good. I'm, I'm, uh, again, I'm fortunate and blessed that I, I'm, I'm required and, and called to speak a lot publicly, company-wide and in the community. Yeah. And so I, I use a cheat code. I do. I, I just, and so I'll say things, right, that if you're a believer, you know it's scripture. Right. I don't quote scripture and verse, but I'll say, Johnny, like when you talked about your life scripture, um, I say that it's like, hey, look, I'm telling each and every one of you now, like if you want to um, really make an impact in other people's lives, just, you know, meet people where they are. And sometimes when you need to do that, just guard your heart because it's the things of the heart that dictate the course of your life. Like I'll say it just <laughs> like that. Sneak right? in that scripture. You know, I like that. And then there are people after the fact that will come up like, are you a preacher? Are you this? Are they right? And so you, I, yeah. I'm telling you, I just put those cheat codes out there mm. and then they will, that's how they know. Right. But they also, they, they'll know you by your fruit. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just like to add that there are professional development groups all over in every industry. And I speak a lot to, to women um, who want to work in sports. There aren't a ton of us. There are even fewer of us at the senior level. Um, I mean, I think I'm one of 80 in all of Major League Baseball of like almost 500 executive positions. Um, and there are more and more and more, which is cool. But um, the organizations or the leagues or the world has sort of decided that that's important. And so they've blessed it. Um, and they didn't for a long time, and we just had to go out and, and find our 
you know, our, our sisters in the industry on our own. Um, but that responsibility falls on us too, you know, as Christians to help seek out other believers and to create that community. And, you know, certainly there's some like cheat codes too that I use when somebody says, what'd you do this weekend? I went to church. Now, you know, I went to church. So maybe we can talk about that, you know, or, um, you know, those types of things. And, um, and, you know, I have the benefit of there's a bunch of interns at our organization who go to Grand Canyon University, which is a Christian college. And so, you know, that's like, they, they still might not be believers, but there's a better chance that they are. So, you know, I might try to talk to them um, in a break room or something and feel them out and see what's going on. But it's, I, I do believe that it is our responsibility to find other believers where we spend the majority of our time um, and, and create that community. Yeah, I remember being at ESPN and it was probably 2013 or so. And I started to meet a few more people who were Christians. And my colleague, Lisa, who I worked with, Lisa Stokes, who was just an amazing woman, is an amazing woman, um, said, I have this idea. What if we created like a, a fellowship group at ESPN? I'm like, you mean like an underground fellowship group? Because <laughs> if you put that out publicly, I don't know, we could get in trouble. And she said, no, just a fellowship group. And we'll invite, you know, four or five, six people that we know are believers to start with and then see if it gains traction. And you make, you make it inclusive, obviously. So you invite anybody, but you have it be intentional that it's, it's fellowship, but it's also prayer, encouragement. And even sometimes we had guest speakers that would come in. I mean, all of those football analysts, it felt like when I was there, you know, Brian Dawkins, we even have a Chris Broussard come down and share their testimony. So like, okay, Brian Dawkins is going to come down and share his testimony. I mean, I'll sign up for that and go go listen to that. I'll run through a, a, you know, a brick wall for Brian Dawkins, but she created this sort of ESPN fellowship group. And there was like seven of us and it was just a real cool way. And you know what else she did real quick? And then I'll, I'll get back to the question. She did it in one of the open conference rooms at ESPN. That was very, it was full, it was glass. So everybody could see in. And it was awesome. I was like, I love you, Lisa. This is amazing what you're doing. She was very intentional, but never keeping people out either. It was like, oh, you want to come in and see what's going on? And it was always on our lunch break. It was always volunteer. It was never taking us away from our jobs. But how awesome was that? And it was just so cool to watch. And it, it lasted three or four years, even a couple of years after I left in 2017. And I just thought that's a really cool, unique way to try and build community, but also, and we were praying, like we had our heads down praying and producers and probably some senior execs are walking by wondering what the heck are they doing in there? But it was a great way to be intentional and it's hard. It's a hard place to do that, especially up in the Northeast in Connecticut, but we did it. And I'm so happy that Lisa did that. So I just wanted to make sure I shared that story too, because it was, it was so cool. Um, Jay, many people, I think when they hear community, I know at least for me, this is what I think sometimes, maybe some of the people in this room think automatically might turn to, well, is it networking and connecting? Is there a difference in your opinion between building a community and building a network? I believe absolutely there is. Yeah. Um, I think that out of a community networking can come, but, I, but, but it's like true said, people know your heart mm. and, and we've all, we've all met people that want to know you for maybe a reason that you don't want to know them. And you quickly identify who those are. 
they're like the gazelle, right? They're out there all by themselves and you want to attack them like a lion would. But, um, but you don't do that because you try to love your neighbor. And by the way, Johnny, I don't know why Brenda put me in the third chair, but True's in the fourth. So just, you know, it's pro she probably accurately put me in the right chair, to be honest with you. Because <laughs> today I got something going on at home that I'm completely ticked off about and I'm having a hard time loving this one neighbor. But regardless... Um, We've been there. We've all been yeah, there. Yeah, and I forgot your question, but let me just keep rambling. Uh, <laughs> the floor is yours. <laughs> I, well, I think that I, I, I think it goes back to what we're all saying is that is that uh, you have to be intentional about what you're doing. I think it's what you just said, Amen. Is that you have to be intentional about what you're doing, and people know your heart and they know your motivation. We're not we're not going to be conned. Nobody's going to trick us, and so. Um, I think it is really important to form a community. Don't worry about the networking stuff. If you're if you're doing a really good job and you have integrity and character and you're smart and you work hard, you're going to get networked. Okay. But what I'm looking for in my own life, in my three daughters' life, and people that work for me is who are these people? Are they same every day? You know, or are they a chameleon? Are they changing colors every day with whatever's going on? Or are they steady? And are they standing on a rock that Peter built? Or is it somebody that is really good at what they do and I can pull them up on Peter's rock? So, you know, I love the idea of, of bringing like-minded people that are yoked like me in, but I also believe that each thing that we do every day is a ministry. So bring great people in, but bring them along. So, I think, I'm not sure I answer your question, Jason, but I think that you cannot think that networking is the same thing as community because you'll be severely disappointed because people will disappoint you. Yeah. Amy Lynn, I feel like if you build a community, the networking kind of takes care of itself. Would you agree? Absolutely. And there are folks that I have met through networking who have become part of my community for different things. And that's just like a bonus. Right. And I mean, I have a funny community story, if you guys will allow me to. Please. Um, I have an eight year old son. I am a single mom, 24 7, 365 single mom. Um, he plays baseball. Yay. And um, he's a catcher. He just started catching, which means he needs to wear a cup. And I have three sisters um, and know nothing about this. So uh, we're. Sitting, this is be fun, yeah, right? yes, <laughs> yes. I'm sitting on my couch holding this equipment, and he's standing in front of me in his undies, and we're looking at each other like, "What are we going to do?" I don't know what we're going to do, but this has to work. The coach said, "Right." <laughs> um, I didn't contact people that I'd met at networking events to ask them how to do this. Right? I had dudes that I worked with, un uncles. None of them answered the phone, um, hmm. but my community is who I reached out to in this now funny but very stressful in, in the moment um, time, and I will no doubt go back to them a million times over the next however many years, but there's a big difference, I think, between your network and your community. Your community is your family, your friends the people that you're going to be honest with, the people that are going to be honest with you, more importantly, right, that are going to be honest with you. And I think it's important in your professional life to have a professional network, certainly, but um, it's important in your professional and your personal life to have community. And 
I mean, I don't know. I don't get through the next eight years without mine. I'm pretty sure. So um, <laughs> it's going to be a God wonderful story them. to tell your tell your son at his high school graduation. I, I, I know. Or his rehearsal dinner. I mean, we'll, we'll bring that up. This child is getting so used to looking at me like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Hey, when in doubt, go to YouTube, right? Well, watch some YouTube then, tutorials. Yeah. I don't know. I did Google it, and now I'm probably on some list I don't want to be on. But yes, yes, that is that is how it ended. That's funny. That's a great story. Yeah, I'm going to give you my number. True. <laughs> yeah. how about for you in just the, the community versus, versus, you know, building the, the network? Yeah, I think they're very different, right? When we think about the, the purpose of a community. Right. And if you, you look it up, I'm sure it's uh, something along the lines of shared experiences or or behaviors where with people that you can fellowship with for the greater good of all that's a part of that community. Right. So I think that is something that's much more transformational in nature for your personal growth, where I look at the the network. I think that is something that lends itself more to a, a professional opportunities and can at times be transactional, right? But I think the community is something that lends itself to being much more transformational for you in that there is a responsibility that you have, a shared responsibility, because in communities, everyone has a role and responsibility of what they are to contribute into that community as much as they receive from that community. And I don't know that I view the network as, as the same as, as that. I feel like, and this is such a, I don't know, it's a unique group, but it's also, I'm sure there are, some of them are cringing, like, well, I'm kind of here to network, you know, and it's also, but I'm here to build a community. So it's like this, this sort of uh, tension maybe well, that the, some people the, are dealing with. The, the beauty of that is, and I think Amy Lynn referred to this, is yeah. that people that I have met through networking have become a part of my community. Yeah. So Coach Mo is somewhere out here. We had Coach. Coach. Um, love this brother, love, love this man, yes. right? Who is now a part of my community. We don't talk every day, but he is absolutely unequivocally a strong part of my community that we met through networking and now is a part of my community. Yeah, that's good. Um, Amy Lynn, when, you know, I think a lot of people out here are, are struggling and having difficulties with cultivating community you know, in their jobs, they're sold out for their jobs, right? It's, it feels like they're so focused on work that they never get a chance to, to try and build community or to even, you know, even maybe they're, they're in that second chair that Johnny talked about too, of just being, you know, a little bit further away from God than they would like to be. What's some encouragement that you would have for them that might be just struggling right now and, and, this, and finding it to be really difficult to do this? Uh, I would just tell you we've all been there. I mean, you're certainly not alone. I know that I have been there and and I'm, I feel comfortable speaking for the, these guys on the stage that they've been there at some point. And it's knowing it and, you know, coming up with a plan to get back to that, that first chair, I think is just critically important. Um, and knowing that probably at some point, again, in your life, you'll be there, which just underscores why community is so important. Because... When you're in that second chair, if you don't have that community, it's going to be real easy to fall into that third chair and then that much harder to get back to where you want to be. So I, I think that what I would say is you have to be proactive to look for that community and look at places you might not think that there is that community. There's far more in our organization that I would have ever expected. Um, and, you know, 
time and, and schedule and all of that is crazy, but you have to make the time and it has to be a priority and it will serve you forever if you do. True. I wrote this question down. I'm not even sure if it's a good question to ask, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Is there a wrong way to do community in your mind? I, I think there can be once you're in community, if you are only looking to, to reap. Mm, yeah. Right. I mean, I, I read somewhere that you reap what you sow. <laughs> and I think it was in a Steve Harvey book or something. <laughs> Is and, that a cheat code right there? What you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> a little cheat code. It's okay. You can be, you know, you're, you're well, in front of Christians yeah, so I don't have to cheat right now. You don't now. have to cheat right now. No, we're good. <laughs> um, but I think what goes unsaid but inferred in that passage is you only reap when you sow. Right? Yeah, you reap what you sow, but you, you only reap when you sow. And the beauty of that, if I could take it one step further, is you always reap more than you sow. Right. Yeah. So I, if, if I were to say there was a wrong way to do community, understand that you have a responsibility to give. Right. And that the beauty of that is you are going to get way more than you give. Yeah. One of our, our life verses, our life verse at our office, Beck is here, by the way, with Sports Spectrum too. And she's going to be at the table. Go say hi to her and go learn more about Sports Spectrum. There's my plug, Becca. You can tell our bosses. Um, but one of our life verses at our office is, is the, we call it the increase in Christ. John 3.30. He must increase. We must decrease. And I think it's when we, we have that increase of, of Christ first and then others second. Here I go to Indiana West singing Mr. Gidley back there ourselves third, I am third. Now you have a model that allows you to reap when you sow, right? Amy Lynn, what have you seen, if anything, as a wrong way to do community? I think that the, the differences that we talked about between networking and community um, and confusing them for the same is maybe the wrong way. Um, networking is a lot of times really transactional and not necessarily in a bad way. That is its purpose, right? To network, to get what you can from the folks that you're meeting and, and them from you as well. But just to, to piggyback on what True said, it cannot be that way in community. It cannot be a transactional relationship that's surface level. You're never gonna get deep. You're never gonna get honest. You're never gonna get what you need and you're never gonna give what the rest of your community need. So I think that the wrong way is to confuse the two, probably. Jay, how do you make difficult decisions as a believer in Jesus and still be able to cultivate a community? Because some of those people in your community might be people that work for you. <laughs> yeah, it's even, it's, it's even worse when you're in a small town and every one of them are fans <laughs> and they don't, they don't like a decision you make. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting that uh, I'm, I'm no theologian, um, but there was a verse that long time ago, and a lot of people here won't even know what this is, but we used to have on our desk a calendar, and you'd flip it over and had an inspirational verse on it, okay? And so one day I, I was doing that because I thought it was a good thing to do, and um, I flipped it over, and it was Proverbs twenty nine twenty six, And this was before I was the athletics director at Auburn. And uh, it said, basically what it says is, many people seek the ruler's pleasure but all men are judged before God. And um, 
see, that is me. I'm a people pleaser. And to be in a place where a leadership role, and it doesn't matter what your title is, everybody, and have to make decisions that are unpopular goes against every fiber of my being. I'm not that way. But the thing that it did was that the thing that I relied on was that verse, but knew that what I was doing was what I believed at that moment that the Holy Spirit prompted me to do. And so I just stood on that. And, you know, it didn't make sometimes my children going to school any easier, but they knew every day when they came home and they saw me, they knew that I'd made a decision. At least I tried to most of the time, not every time, that I made a decision based on what my faith meant to me and meant to their legacy. But it's really, it's, it's, it's really hard to do. Yeah. It is hard to do. And you've got to, you've got to have a lot of guts and some thick skin to do it. And, uh, and God developed that in me over time, but I'm still not very thick skinned. Mm-hmm. And, um, <laughs> and um, so, but it's, but it, but it makes it, it makes it, it makes it really challenging. Yeah. It do, and particularly, you know, today, you know, it's amazing. I was, I was visiting with, with Mike earlier is that, you know, we'll come into a game at halftime, a football game, and these guys will be checking their phones and seeing what people are saying about them. I don't know how, I mean, we, that's a whole different topic. But yeah. the point is, is that, is that it can, there is a mental, there is a, a problem with mental illness, and I think it has a lot to do with that. But if we just had more of the Holy Spirit, we were talking about some of these uh, celebrities that are overdosing. They're just, they got a hole in their spirit. Mm. But uh, one last thing I wanted to say, though, Amy Lynn was talking about it, is that when you think about the community and those type things, the thing that that I made the mistake most of is doing is putting the urgent ahead of the important. Hmm. So you be thinking each day, what is important for me to do today? Because urgent is going to show up. But just make sure at the end of the day that you can look and you can look back over your day and say, you know what, I had a 10 moment in the important. And that helps guide my ship. That's good. Uh, as we wind down and close, I think it'd be great for just to have all of you kind of share maybe some, I like to ask this question on, on the podcast I host, some rhythms and disciplines that you do to stay intentional in your faith and your walk with God in the job that you do. And then just provide as you're sharing that some encouragement um, for these guys as, as we get ready to have I guess we're leaving from here to go get dinner soon. So, um, Amy Lynn, we'll start with you. Uh, it's important that I read my Bible every day, even if I'm on the road, which doesn't happen. That doesn't happen all that often, but I do. Um, and certainly like pray before games and I'm not on the field. I don't have anything to do with it, but it's important to me that my team win. And, and that is something that I have been able to talk to other people at work about. And about how we're crazy, crazy, crazy. And if the team's in town, you know, the game day starts much earlier in the day than first pitch. And so we're all running around like crazy. But we all have five minutes at some point where we can meet in the the tunnel or something and just say a quick prayer. And that just sort of kind of that brings us back. That kind of gives us a break from the urgent. Right. And and puts us to the what's important. And then I would also say that one of the things that is difficult in sports, and we all know this, is that 
it's fun and we ride high and it's easy to love each other when we're winning, mm. but it gets much, much, much more difficult when we're not. And I am so excited that today we are winning. But my first four seasons, we were not. Mm -hmm. And when we were breaking records for losses on the road um, and folks were grumpy at work and, you know, there are people whose jobs depend on team performance. Um, and I'm getting texts from like my uncle about the lineup as if anybody cares what I think about the lineup. Um, and... And I want to fire back something that's not Jesus, right? Sure. Um, and because I, we wear it. We wear it in the front office, you know? It's not easy. Um, but that's when I think it's even more critically important that you have that community. And you remember that we're bigger than the game, that life is bigger than the game, bigger than the team. There are more important things at home and there's always next season. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. yeah. By the way, real quick, um, we have a bunch of magazines out there. We happen to have an Arizona Diamondback on the cover of the latest Sports Spectrum magazine, Nick Ahmed. That's right. Um, so grab some of those. There's a bunch out there. Becca will be at the table. Grab some. But read about one of your your colleagues who's who's trying to do it right uh, as a two-time Gold Glove baseball player. Um, so how about you, True? Some things that, you know, are disciplines that you have in your life that keep you connected to God and then some encouragement. Yeah, definitely praying every morning, right? The power of prayer cannot underestimate or overemphasize the power of prayer, right? And the Bible even tells us, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and, and, and everything else will be added unto you. And I mean, God was so gracious and considerate. He didn't even say, seek me only. He just said, seek me first, Right. And I'll take care of everything else. So starting every day off with prayer, I have a daily affirmation because words have power. Right. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I've taught my son and I do it with my 11 year old son. Every morning we have a daily affirmation that's infused with biblical principles. Right. That we just fill ourselves up with those words. Right. And and the encouraging words that I would share to you all is. Uh, it's, it's, there are times when it's tough and it's challenging and it can be intimidating, right? To share your faith with others or to approach other people that you think you may want as a part of your community, but, um, be courageous. And, and I'll say that because as we all know the story of Joshua, when God told him three different times to be courageous, but courage is something that we can't easily conjure up because typically courage comes from external influences and sources of knowing that the people around us will pick us up if we fall, right? So courage typically comes from those external sources of the people around us. But something that I really picked up on not too long ago was the reason that God told Joshua to be courageous it applies to us all. He said, because I am with you. So I just want to remind you all that be courageous for no other reason than God is with you. That's a good word right there. Um, Jay, why don't you close us out? Yeah, sure. Um, I've, first off, just to be real clear, um, Johnny gave the illustration to the three chairs. In any one minute, I can be in any of the three. It just, it just, I'm just that weak. And I can be just that strong any, any one moment. But uh so what uh, what I'm doing right now is um, 
certainly trying to take advantage of, of, of like-minded Christians coming together like this event. And I appreciate so much, Drew, and uh, the team pulling this together. I just think it's desperately needed, um, not just in athletics, but it's just needed. Um, the, the thing that I'm doing right now is that uh, I'm doing a Bible study um, with the guy, and we live 350 miles apart. We're just doing it through text messaging. So we, we, we've started in a certain book and we're reading right now, we're reading John and, um, and I write down what I, you know, what, how does that impact me today? And he writes down what it, how it impacts him. Um, so that's just really, that's just really simple way to start my day. Um, my wife is the, she's my salvation rock. So she keeps me in line when I, when I venture away. At least she tries to, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, it, you know, and having that family core, um, is, is essential to my daily walk. Um, and just trying to encourage my neighbor because as you, as you mentioned, true, I mean, you know, you, you reap really more than you sow, but man, sometimes when you're in a bad spot to heck with the sowing, you know, I, I mean, somebody needs to be feeling it to me. So this would be my last point, Jason, is that, yeah. And, and, I, and I, th I think somebody said it. Oh, maybe Johnny said it. I'm not really sure how honest we all are with each other. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. You know, if you're having a bad day, you need to be able to tell somebody, hey, my day sucks. Let me tell you what's going on. Let me tell you the devil. I told my wife before we walked up here. She said, hey, I wasn't even going to tell you about this because I need your mind to be clear. I said, baby, it's too late. <laughs> the <de> the <laughs> My mind is a playground for the devil. Mm. And, um, if I can't tell a fellow believer, brother or sister in Christ, what is really going on with me, then they really can't help me. That's right. And I can't help them. So let's be real with each other. Yeah. Let's be real with each other. That's what, that's what, that's what Jesus expects from us. That's a good final word right there. Um, by the way, Florida playing tomorrow for the College World Series National Championship. Right over left. Somehow we got Jay Jacobs here today, uh, which is cool because he's got a one week left before you're done. Yeah, well, maybe a day. Oh, a day? <laughs> he's already you're already out, checked out a little early. Well, yeah. yeah. So I'm, Jay, I'm thirty plus down. years in sports, right? And you're retiring uh, on July first officially. From can we give it up for Jay? I mean, what a legacy, man. So. Congratulations on that. Let's also give it up for Amy Lynn and Protrue. Uh, this was awesome. So we appreciate you guys. Thank you. If you want to take part in the 2024 Christians Working in Sports Conference next summer in Minneapolis, Minnesota on June 21st and 22nd, visit the CWS Conference website by clicking the link in the description of this podcast. If you liked this podcast, be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every other week on Thursdays at midnight Eastern time. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you soon.